You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Lydia, thank you so much for joining me on the Beauty Debut. And, you know, it's just going to be so exciting for me to chat with you and to have you share your amazing journey that you've been on in the beauty industry and let everyone know about your amazing company, Lycon. And, you know, you are a goddess of waxing, I guess would be the term um, commonly (laughs) used. Um, So thank you, Lydia. Thanks for, for being here today. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be on your show and um, haven't seen you for a while and I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully when we can all get going and flying around the world. (laughs) I know, I know. And yeah, you're joining us today from Australia and I know we're recording on a Thursday in the US, but it's already Friday in Australia. So I feel like I'm a time traveler right now. So that's kind of (laughs) cool. That's right. (laughs) So, so Lydia, you know, Lycon is such an iconic brand and it's, you know, been around for well over, I'm going to guess 30 years, maybe longer. 42. 42. Okay. 42 years. (laughs) 42 years. That's amazing Um, to be, you know, to have longevity like that in this industry. How did you get started, you know, 42 years ago or beyond? How did you get started in beauty? Well, look, um, when I was um, 14, my parents and I migrated to Australia. And um, that was in 1964. And where I come from, which is uh, former Yugoslavia, and now it's all split up. It's um, actually from, you know, northern Macedonia. Um, I actually didn't realize, I was 14, and I didn't realize that I was actually in Australia considered hairy because uh, in those days, you know, um, hair removal on the body was considered a cultural taboo back in many parts of Europe. So, and I arrived in Australia and uh, went straight to school and we had a uniform with thick black stockings. So that because I arrived about this time of year, June actually, and it was a bit cool, so the uniform was thick stockings. By September, when it was spring, the uh, uniform changed to short white socks, and I didn't did, didn't realize that my hairy legs would have were considered um, a bit embarrassing for me, you know. But when we had a swimming lesson, I heard the girls talking, being spring and and the weather warming up, we had swimming class and um, the girls were talking about 
shaving and I was absolutely mortified that um, I was hairy and I never even thought about it. So for the following swimming class, I um, made sure that I would be hairless as well. So I shaved. I borrowed my father's razor, had nothing else to use. And thanks to bits, I hated the prickliness feeling. And I sort of thought, why on earth does anyone do that? You know, prickles, prickles. So, but uh, there was nothing else to do with that in secret um, because my parents really were very strict and they wouldn't have allowed me to do that. Right. So, <laughs> so anyway, as time went on, I found out there was something called the pillar tree cream. So I tried that. That was kind of a little bit better. I used to put it all over my legs, let them, you know, from the knees down. I didn't have to uh-huh. do the tops of my legs. Um, did it on my underarms and so on. And I really didn't like the experience. So four years later, when I was 18, I was doing my final year studies at, you know, high school um, year. And I used to go to the library to do research. And around that time, I read in an American magazine called Seventeen uh, about different types of hair removal. Um, and, you know, they talked about tweezing, they talked about uh, depilatory cream, electrolysis. So I was actually familiar with all of those, including electrolysis, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Okay. But they also talked about waxing. And I um, read the article about that, and I really loved what, um, what they said, how the hair is removed by the roots, and that, um, you know, uh, waxing would last anywhere between four weeks and eight weeks, depending on the person. And the hair grows back with a point, so it is not prickly. And I thought, wow, this is really what I would love to do. Mm-hmm. So my father was a cosmetic chemist back in um, Macedonia. And um, he it was a communist country. So for him to really commercialize and sell his uh, products, the only way he could do it was to actually have a salon and sell the products through that. So he made a lot of creams and lotions, he made lipstick, but he never made wax because women didn't remove hair. So it wasn't something that was necessary. However, he used to do eyebrow tweezing, uh, shaping, uh-huh. And he also used to do electrolysis. So if the ladies had really strong hair on their chin uh, or their, you know, upper yeah. lip or something, right. uh, they came to him to do electrolysis. So that's how I knew about electrolysis, but not about wax. So well, when I was doing my, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, Lydia, it's interesting that, you know, because, you know, you felt embarrassed and these girls were, mm. you know, chatting about and they probably, you know, noticed that you didn't have shaved legs. Yes, yes, you know, that's kind of have. interesting that that, you, it kind of almost sounds like you became really, not obsessed, but really focused on, okay, now I have to keep my legs smooth. And that kind of yes. sparked like this something inside of you to get, to find the best solution. Well. That's right. I mean, I was learning English. I had no English uh, when I first came to Australia. Mm-hmm. I learned enough English in three months to actually understand what they were talking about. Okay. So I really felt like an outsider. You oh, know, I sure. felt so embarrassed. Yeah. You know, so, and uh, I, I, I wanted to fit in. And 
feel the same as the other girls. <laughs> sure, of course. That's how it is when you're a teenager. Those are like the worst years ever. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Migrant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's right. So I read about um, the poetry wax um, in this seventh scene. So I, when I was doing my studies and doing research at the library for my uh, high school certificate, I researched depilatory wax. Now, because my father made cosmetic creams and lotions and stuff, I used to be like the chief interpreter in the family. Uh-huh. The youngest one in the family always learns the language fastest, and I did go to school straight away. So I used to be like the, you know, his helper to ring up places and ask for certain ingredients he was looking for making his skincare products. So. At this library, I read, a, I found a formula and I thought, I'm going to try and make this, you know. And uh, I knew where to ring for ingredients because of the help I was, you know, assisting my, my father. So I found, uh, and some of the ingredients he actually had, like beeswax he had, lanolin he had. And um, the only ingredient, ingredient he didn't have was uh, pine resin. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, and that's the main component of the depilatory wax, the initial depilatory wax that I made. So I got some pine resin and I went home and I started to mix it with um, a little bit of, you know, some of the ingredients he had like beeswax and linole in on the kitchen stove. And then uh, I didn't know how to use it. Okay. <laughs> that was like, okay. well, what do you do with this stuff now? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there was a beauty salon um, that's in 68 so there was a beauty salon in uh, Brisbane that did waxing and uh, so I went there to have my legs waxed and I could see how they used it and that really gave me the idea and then I needed to you know practice on myself and perfect my my, um, my waxing technique uh-huh. uh, so at that time, I had absolutely no intention and no thought that I would actually develop a waxing business. Okay. It was just something to, that I experimented for myself. So from 18 to when I was 28, I only did myself. Um, but, you know, so I got married in the, you know, right. I started a business in, in, um, in 78 when I was 28. But um, I got married in the meantime, had children. So that's when I actually became a beauty therapist in 78. Okay. And yeah, the industry, the beauty industry, you know, was very, very small. It was just like pioneering times. So I was, uh, my father taught me how to do facials and electrolysis. Then I also obtained some other training. Um, the industry was just growing. It was a very exciting time. And then some of the other ladies who wanted to do, also become therapists asked me, could I teach them how to wax and teach them? So I started teaching. They wanted to buy the wax. Then I went to conferences in Sydney, which is about bigger city. I live in Brisbane. Uh-huh. Sydney, big conferences to do with uh, aesthetics. And uh, I started taking my wax to exhibit there. So I got orders from all over Australia. And gosh, now here we go. 
we're in 75 countries. <laughs> did, now, how did you think of the name? Like when you first started going to these um, exhibits mm -hmm. to sell your wax mm -hmm. in Australia, did it, was it already <laughs> like branded with the name? Was it like, how were you selling it just in little, yeah. like but, metal containers? Well, I was selling or? it in little foil containers, like uh -huh. a block. Uh -huh. And the my, the initial name of the wax was actually Lydia's, Lydia's wax, just by my name. Okay. So people used to always call oh, Lydia's wax, Lydia's wax. And um, I was married to a man called Con. Wow. So I used to... Aha, <laughs> uh -huh. it's coming together. The wax. There we go. <laughs> so um, I used to run the, a salon from my house. I used to make the wax on the kitchen stove for my client. You know, some kilos to sell to people. And then Conrad or Con got involved uh, in the business because I couldn't um, couldn't make all that wax. It was becoming very popular all by myself. So he got involved and that's when we changed, uh, you know, created a brand Lycon, Lydia and Con. Uh-huh. Love it. Okay. Lycon. Yeah. And um, uh, so, uh, and that brand has been probably, uh, I'm not exactly sure, but it's probably 1980. Okay. So, you know, the business started in 78, but I think Lycon, the Lycon name evolved in 1980. Mm -hmm. And and what was that like in the early years? Did you like know what your logo wanted to look like? Like how was all of that mm -hmm. conceptualized? Mm -hmm. Was that you and your husband together or were you kind of saying this is what I want? No, um, I kind of decided on that kind of stuff myself. Uh -huh. And um, I, you know, I'm fairly creative with drawing and that. So I had some ideas. But I did appoint a graphic designer to actually design the labels and uh, some brochures, etc. And uh, the logo was very different in those days. There have been uh, changes over the years, um, you know, and they're still looking similar, but uh, they have been, you know, improvements right. and uh, modernization of, of the look over the years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what kind of wax did you start with? Did you have just one formula one. or did you have like multiple options at that point? No, initially it was only one. It was a hard wax. And Lydia's wax is uh, the wax we have in the range these days. And it's called Sunshine Hot Beeswax. Sunshine. Okay. okay. Sunshine, yeah. Early in the piece, the next wax that we developed or we put together, <clears throat> when I say we, it's actually company um i got divorced you know 33 years ago uh -huh. so a lot of things have happened in 33 years that grew the company too so when i say we i'm talking like the company and i sure. uh -huh. um <laughs> so um the next one was the apricot wax mm -hmm. and that was incredibly popular made a huge name for itself um very very popular but i I didn't know enough about trademarks and business, so uh, apricot wax could not be trademarked. Lycon could be, but not apricot because it's like very generic. Apricot color, apricot, you know. Yeah. It's an, yeah, we couldn't register that, so it, it became extremely popular, and then people started to copy the name of it. 
and oh, even though it was mm, not the same um, same quality and people used to ring up and said, oh, I bought this apricot wax and it's very different. What have you done to it? And then when you looked into it and asked a few questions, you found out, well, it wasn't my wax, it's someone else's wax. So from then, uh, you know, I realized how important trademarking, you know, your brand, your product names and stuff like that. So then I developed some other waxes. Um, I mean, there were the aloe vera and azuline, but rosette is the next one that became extremely popular mm-hmm. and it's a registrable name. So, you know, the other one is a, a little different is uh, Lycojet. The lavender one was the first one and that's registrable. So, and that's, um, you know, by registering the trademarks, I have been able to protect the branding and the, the popularity with developing and bringing out other waxes and kind of forgetting about apricot wax a bit. We still make it. It's still very popular, uh-huh. but, um, you know, yeah, there's I had so to many, of, I mean, you uh, have so many hmm. wonderful options, like where would hmm. somebody start? So if somebody... You know, I know that you still are doing trade shows, you know, prior to, mm-hmm. you know, this COVID-19 mm-hmm. crisis, but what, what would be the wax you would say, okay, you can only buy mm-hmm. two. What would you have them start with? Well, um, everybody must have a Lycojet wax. And now there is uh, the lavender and there's desert rose and there's a third one, which is specifically for eyebrows. But basically the base formula for all of those is the same. Everybody needs that. So the other wax um, that, um, you know, it rosette is fabulous. There's another wax um, called Lyco Dream, which is extremely popular. It's uh, We launched it about four years ago, and it's the fastest growing one we, we have. Uh, that, that's in the hard waxes. Yeah. The Lyco Dream is a blend between pine resin and synthetic resins. And it is incredible to work with. It doesn't break. Like if people, for instance, rosette, if they don't put the wax on thickly enough or they don't remove it properly or they leave it on the skin too long, it can crack on removal. But if you work with it properly, it's ideal and it's perfect and it's uh, still still extremely popular. We sell tons and tons of it. But with Lycodrim, it's fantastic because it's got, the, all the amazing properties in it, but actually doesn't break. So, um, and that is so much easier to train with and to use. So when you're changing staff, if they don't know how to use and wax properly, and a lot of estheticians don't really come out of college knowing how to wax properly. No, so they don't. Like, mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I remember so, not, they didn't teach us Brazilian waxing. We had to learn that. No on the job and that can be kind of scary. I mean, that's like one of the scariest waxes, you know, wax treatments to learn when you're fresh out of school. I mean, it's intimidating. You're scared. You don't want to hurt anybody. And yeah, it's, you Mm got to get over that hump. What, what would you recommend people do to like, what, well, I guess I should Mm -hmm. ask what mistakes do you think you commonly see and how can they overcome them? In the waxing technique, you mm-hmm. mean? Yeah, for Brazilian okay. and like for eyebrows, let's say. Oh, well, for Brazilian, I think the first thing to do is to pr- always practice on the legs. You know, on your own legs or someone else's legs. If you haven't done any 
uh, hard waxing on, you know, for a Brazilian practice elsewhere. Yeah. So that you get your technique uh, going, you, you're comfortable with how you're applying the wax, how it's coming off, because once you start working on the Brazilian area, it's going to be a little bit more tricky. There's probably, it's more... Everyone tells us how our wax, you know, like on waxes don't hurt. And that's true. But still, it depends a lot on the technique as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to support the skin, to put pressure on the skin after you remove the wax. And don't leave, leave the wax on overly long. Uh, take it off when it's still pliable. You know, and a lot of people probably leave the wax on too long. One thing that I always teach when I teach people how to wax is not to take off the wax upwards like a helicopter taking off the skin. Okay. I say take the wax off like an airplane taking off. So you're taking it along the skin. And that makes a huge difference how much skin is getting basically pulled up, up you know, yeah. with the wax. Oh, I know. If you're going <laughs> upwards, whoa, you know, yeah. my God. Yeah. But if you're going along the skin, you're pulling a little bit and supporting and stretching the skin using, yeah, the pre-waxing oil. Is like on pre-waxing oil, pre-soothes, stops the wax from sticking to the skin. And that just makes such a huge difference how the waxing feels and the end results. Usually, you know, redness on the skin. Some people are going to get red. Nothing's ever 100%. But, you know, some people have that really fair, sensitive skin. Sure. But if you use a pre-waxing oil, uh, you, you will actually reduce all the side effects that we can expect from waxing. Yeah. Greatly, you know. Mm. And I know that you've done many Brazilians on stage. Mm-hmm. And has there yeah. any ever been, I mean, like, I can't imagine you messing up at all. I mean, you've done this for so oh. many years. But like, have you ever had like, I don't know, I just a up. model that wasn't cooperating? Or, you know, I know you've done men Brazilians on stage. And that always draws a huge crowd to come see that. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, it's it takes a brave soul to be a model and get up there and yes, yes. let it all hang out for everyone to see. But <laughs> like, has anything crazy happened, Lydia? Oh, gosh. Um, look, not really. I mean, the craziest thing is if you've got wax on them and they sort of close their legs or something and they stick everything together. Yeah. And that's going to be difficult to remove. But um, I haven't had any mishaps. You know, um, I, I prefer if they have long hair, I do recommend that we cut it. Not, not any shorter than, say, about a centimeter or a half an inch or something Uh so that you know like let's say on a lady um you know the hair on the front can actually cross over so you get hair so in relation to brazilians i really kind of haven't run into problems very much but because i try to get out of the problem by thinking on my feet and working out how i can do a comfortable efficient Brazilian even if there's a very difficult hair growth or something so what I find that um, uh, is best is if we're doing a Brazilian and the hair is long to trim the hair I know some salons and therapists do not uh, believe that the hair should be trimmed but I do believe so because let's say for ladies um, the hair can be crossing over from the left to the right in the front area and if the hair is not trimmed you would, let's say you're applying wax on the right-hand side and uh, 
if the hair is mingling from the left to the right, you're going to trap some of the hair from the left as well. Oh. And then when you're removing, mm, so when you're removing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining so, the pain of that. Okay. <laughs> yes. So just imagine like you've got this patch on the right and you're kind of concentrating on removing that. And, you know, you're pulling hair from the other side and it's actually going to be quite painful. So by trimming the hair, not very short, about half an inch long, can be a little bit shorter than that, but don't trim it too short. Uh, you're going to avoid trapping any hair from another, you know, the other yeah. side. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you can support the skin a lot better and um, it'll be a lot less painful and uh, comfortable for the therapist and you know, remove the wax as an aeroplane taking off, not a helicopter, and you should be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember a really good tip that you gave um, for waxing, especially in really um, hot climates um, or dry mm -hmm. climates okay. when the wax dries so quickly. It was, mm -hmm. um, and if it gets stuck to, um, or if it's not coming off because the person is sweating, mm -hmm. that's what it was. If the person yes. was like hot um, and you're mm -hmm. putting it on and it's not coming off, you can just do a, um, a cold compress. And that really did mm. the trick. Um, oh, it's fantastic. That's mm. a great tip yeah, that I, no one ever told me yeah. before and it made all the difference. Oh, it, that's right. Okay. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> uh, yes, that's really good. I use it all the time and it's good in uh, in any climate, hot or even you know through winter because once you put uh, wax on uh, the Brazilian area and you take it off, anytime you've removed hair, you actually stimulate the blood circulation because uh, with the pull of the hairs when they come out, there's a tiny little injury at the very base of the follicle and the blood rushes there to protect against infection or anything. So that's why we get a lot more blood. And that area is usually warmer anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So when you apply the wax on and um, to speed, uh, you know, the first time is okay. But beyond that, if you, when you reapply the wax several times, you will find that uh, the wax takes a bit longer to sit. And this is where a compress, uh, you can just use plain tissues like Kleenex uh, tissues. Um, I fold three of them into halves, uh, put them on top of each other and fold them, fold that little pack in three. With them, we just tap water, just cool water from, you know, nothing special, doesn't have to be refrigerated. Mm -hmm. And that uh, is enough to place on the actual uh, patch of wax that's been applied to cool the wax quicker. And it's really comforting and cooling uh, for the client. It's it is. Really helpful. Yeah, I, I noticed that clients that I worked on really appreciated that. And, mm -hmm. you know, they were really impressed how quick and easy it was that way. And then also when That's I had right. to train people to do that. Um, another thing I know you taught a lot about was brow waxing. Mm -hmm. And I know you have mm -hmm. some really unique techniques. You know, what are your top tips for brow waxing? Because that can brow. be tricky too. It's an art for sure. Okay. So with eyebrows, first of all, decide on the shape you're going to do and discuss it happy with what you're going to be removing and what shape you're trying to create. Uh, some clients will have a really great shape already, so you can just uh, follow that. 
But uh, once you've decided on the shape, if you're really creating um, a look, uh, when you apply the wax and you're waxing, you must stick to what you discuss with the client. Don't change it along the way because uh, they could be unhappy about that. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we have, first of all, clean the skin with uh, Lycotane Skin Cleanser. Then we apply uh, the pre-waxing oil. A little bit goes a long way. And uh, I apply, I, I love waxing with like an orange wood stick, um, the slanted end, not the pointed end. And I apply the wax with the hair growth under the brow. So applying the wax with the hair growth, um, I can actually create a better shape. Then we can remove the wax against the hair growth, but subsequent applications are better applied against the hair growth because that is going to pick up the fine short hairs and uh, get a, um, a completely hair-free result. The same thing on top of the eyebrows. I go with the hair growth first and then apply the wax against the hair growth. And in the middle, you can go up or down. It doesn't quite matter as much. Hmm. And do you prefer hard wax for that or do you like your, your, hot, your hot, normal hot wax for that? Okay, I love um, the hard wax. I don't wax the um, face at all with a strip wax, like a honey wax. Yeah. Uh, only hard wax is the only way to go. The same thing for Brazilian waxing and underarms. I never use uh, honey wax at all because, uh, for one, they don't remove very short hair. For two, they can be very sticky and really pull the skin. Whereas with a hard wax on the eyebrows, you're applying the pre-waxing oil which protects the skin and you don't pull the skin and the results are better because like on hot, hard waxes remove hair as short as one millimeter and you can apply them on the same area five or six times as long as you put in the pre-waxing oil on in between each application, you're going to not affect the skin whereas with strip wax you just can't do that. Yeah, I, I find that, you know, everything that I learned from you is really helpful. And Lycon is such a great brand for salons and spas. And where can people find you now in the U.S.? I know, um, do you have distribution mm -hmm. um, with a certain company now? Yes, or how, we, like, mm -hmm. I have distribution with a company which is called Lycon USA. Okay. And yeah, they have a website and um, oh, I'll, I'll look it up actually, just in case I make a mistake, but it's like on USA.com, I'm pretty sure. And, um, and they also have a few uh, distributors um, like uh, Glow Professional still sells Lycon and there okay. are some others, but I don't know who they all are. Oh, good to know. I didn't know Glow still um, sold it. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, that's a, that's an easy place for people to find it then. That that works out really good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, like on USA, the lady's name there, who's the agent, is Lindsay Miller. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know what her, you know, I don't even know what her um, website is. I'm just trying to, you know, type it in, but it's not working out. Okay. Um, well, we can always add that to the show notes, Lydia. So don't worry about okay. that. We'll, okay. we'll make sure all people right. definitely mm -hmm. know how to find you. Mm -hmm. And okay. with all your years mm -hmm. experience, you know, doing what you do, mm -hmm. owning a business, traveling mm -hmm. all over the world, mm -hmm. teaching, mm -hmm. as you reflect mm -hmm. back on your career and what you've, you know, done for the industry, 
what does the mm -hmm. beauty industry mean to you? Like when you think about oh. it, what does it mean? It's well, it's been my life, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I um, I love sharing the the training and the knowledge of how to do waxing properly and improving their technique and you know hearing how happy they are that they're using life so it's not all kind of just you know one thing is about me selling wax but what makes me more happy is when the salons are getting good results and they're getting a repeat clientele uh, going to them you know okay they use my wax I'm going to sell it to them but I am really happier when people are doing uh, can establish a good business that is the most important thing to me yeah that's lovely and you know you have given back so much and you've trained so many estheticians mm. and helped them mm -hmm. along their career because waxing is like we said I mean you learn some of it in school the very basics but really to be a wax pro you know you need the right tools yeah. you need the right mentor and that's right you gotta practice 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 um you know practice makes you even better so lydia that's thank you right. so much for being on the beauty debut podcast i you know appreciate you Thanks. taking time you. out of your busy schedule to chat with me about your career and about how you started Lycon and I didn't know that it was because of you and your husband I didn't know I love the name Conrad oh. by the way that's oh, been it's one of nice my name. favorite names um that's cool it's Lycon it makes sense thank I never you. knew that so that was interesting <laughs> thank you so much for having me Claudia it's been lovely thanks so much for tuning in today if you liked this episode I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.